Well, hey, happy Thanksgiving, Courier Nation. Welcome to the Deliver on Your Business podcast, where we talk about the business of doing delivery in the gig economy with platforms like Grubhub, DoorDash, Uber Eats, Postmates, and a number of others. Now, folks, you notice something right away. We don't have the music today. I'm changing things up a little bit. Uh, none of the production or the music. And I think it's because of it, you know, it's being Thanksgiving and what this Thanksgiving has been for me personally this year. I don't, you know, to, to me, just something a little more raw and personal this week uh, with the podcast. And it just maybe felt more appropriate just going into it. So I hope you don't mind. You know, today, I know it's Friday, so we're a day late for saying Happy Thanksgiving, at least technically. But, you know, I don't know. I think Thanksgiving is something more about what's inside us than about a particular day. So I'm going to stick with my story here. Happy Thanksgiving. Now, I had planned on probably doing some stuff earlier this week so I could have it done and ready to just put out. Uh, but life happens sometimes, and it's some of the stuff that maybe prompted me to go this route with the podcast uh, today. I'll go into a little bit more of that in a moment. But, you know, to me, Thanksgiving Day, I decided I wasn't going to do anything with it, though, to, to prepare for it, because it was just kind of one of those days that I hold sacred. And I wanted to devote that to what it was supposed to be and not about work things or anything like that. But then, you know, now there's Black Friday, or for me, it's Black Shirt Friday. You know, for a lot of people, it's a whole different kind of holiday today. You know, it's Black Friday, shopping, deals, it's the unofficial start of Christmas. And to me, it's kind of a holiday as well, but it's more about college football and specifically Nebraska football. And uh, if you've never heard of the term, the black shirts, that's a term that's used for the uh, uh, Nebraska football defense. Now, I'll tell you what, we're not a good football team anymore. I, I can't say we, I guess. I was never part of it. I was even never part of my high school football team. If you saw me today, you would not believe that I was too skinny to play football when I was in high school. Anyway. I'm, that's nowhere near where I'm going. But shoot, our football team, I mean, we're fighting for getting to 500 for the first time in three years. And that's hard, you know, when you've never had two losing seasons in the whole time that I've been alive. And that's been a long time, folks. Uh, that, that's kind of hard for a fan base here. And um, But, you know, the thing is, I don't even live in Nebraska anymore and probably never will. The summers are, they're hot. I, I just, I don't like the humidity anymore. The winters are harder there than they are here in Colorado. I never expected that to be the case, but it's not to say that I hate the place at all. In fact, I love where I grew up. I love my home state and there's so much that I love about it and the people and, and even about the scenery. I know a lot of people that drive across Nebraska probably would not agree with me, but it's just, you know what? It's who I am. It's part of what shaped me. It's where I grew up. And it's where my family and friends, a lot of them who are a part of who I am today, where they still live. And and I think that's why Black Shirt Friday means so much to me. Because, yeah, there's there's a lot more important things in life than football. But, you know, this fall, more than anything, it's just taught me that uh, that fact even more. But you know how there's just those special things that are always going to be a part of you. And that's what Nebraska football is with me. It is just so ingrained. It is so intertwined. And I grew up watching, you know, with 
my extended family, with all my aunts and uncles and cousins and everybody, and we got together on Thanksgiving. And for the longest time, Thanksgiving was about Nebraska and Oklahoma on Thanksgiving Day. It was one of those few Thanksgiving Day college football games. And I'm old enough to remember what they call the game of the century. You know, even a few days ago, ESPN still said, hey, that was the best football game ever played in college football. And, oh, gosh, people all around the state, uh, people who weren't even born yet, they still relish the call that uh, Lyle Bremser made when uh, Johnny Rogers had his uh, punt return. Man, woman and child did that. Put them in the aisles. And uh, I, I guess you got to be there to, to, to know what that means. But it was just a part of growing up. It was part of life. I don't know if I remember a lot of the action from that game, but I remember the excitement. And it was, you know, it was just part of family. So today, you know, now they've moved to uh, Black Friday. It used to be against Colorado, and now it's, uh, it's against Iowa. And so today, I'm going to crack one open, and I uh, hope we don't get pummeled too bad. And maybe we pull out a win, and I don't really care either way. I'm going to enjoy it. And uh, it's something that with I, I think it kind of connects me a little bit with what's home, a place where that football stadium for a few hours every Saturday becomes the third largest city in the state, where the crowd of that stadium makes up a third of the capital city. You know, I mean that's that's a place where even when the team was four and eight the past year, they've sold out every football game since 1962. I mean, we're we love our football. But I think it's more because it's just a part of who we are. And so uh, today's a special day for me, and I'm, I'm so looking forward to it. Let me ask you a question, folks. What are you thankful for? And I'll tell you one thing that I'm really thankful for, and that's that life happens. And sometimes even when it's life that we don't want to happen. And that's been very real for, for me and for my family these past few weeks. You know, things happen that your plans get thrown off, and uh, this has been quite a time lately. Uh, We had a few weeks ago, within a week, my father-in-law and one of my best friends both got a diagnosis of cancer, and my friend has already passed. It just happened that quick, and we spent a lot of this last week. You know, my wife has been with her dad um, every day now for the past several days, and she and her sister are by his side 24-7. And there's probably not much time left. And it seems odd to be thankful for that, doesn't it? But I got to tell you something. There is something that is almost magical about that time that we've been able to share with him. There's a lot of time right now where he's kind of in and out. There's still a lot of times where he's very sharp. And, you know, he's asking about the kids and he's asking about a lot of things and he's still very much in the moment. And then there's a lot of times where... You know, right now he's like going down memory lane and he's talking, but it's like he's not here now. He's where he's been in his life. And there's something really incredible about being part of that. I, I don't know how to explain it. Um, Wednesday night, and really it was like Thursday morning, it was three in the morning when I was finally leaving so I could go home, I could catch a nap to kind of help get uh, things ready um, for Thanksgiving here at our house. And as I was going out the door, he gave me this warning. He said, hey, be careful. Uh, the police are giving out tickets if you go over 125. And I kind of chuckled at that. I said, hey, I'm not driving that fast. But then it dawned on me. You know, in Canada, 125 kilometers per hour is closer to like 75 miles an hour here. And I think I realized that, you know what? 
I just got to spend a little bit of time with him on one of his fishing trips up in Canada. You know, there, that was that point that he was living. And I was able to be with him while he was building homes up on Surrey Ridge in Denver and uh, talking about, boy, this would be a nice place to live. And I got to relive a lot of his memories. And there's, there's such a treasure to that. And and especially because I've only known him the last eleven years. Uh, my wife and I were just you know married um, about ten and a half years ago, so this is a second marriage for both of us. But I haven't been able to know him that long, and it's like I got to experience a little bit more of his life. And I'll say something that sounds kind of weird, but I'm thankful that he's going to die soon. And that's not meant in any way, shape, or form to be anything negative. I, it is such an honor to call him my father-in-law. He's just such a good man. And calling him a good man, gosh, that is only scratching the surface. I am so glad, though, that he's been comfortable. The, the hospice staff has been wonderful. And even this cancer has just torn his body apart. They've made him so he's been able to be in, comfortable, in comfort, not in a lot of pain, not a lot of misery. And very soon he's going to get to go home. And that strong man who built so much with his hands, but he built things. It was more than just houses. It was more than just things that he built. This is a man that built lives. You know, he built the lives of my wife and her sisters, and he built the wives of my wife's kids, and he's going to get to be with so much of his family that's already gone on before him, one of his daughters and, and his wife. And, and man, I tell you what, if you want to talk about what a great place to live, and, and this is the thing that I'm thankful for, that he's going to get to go to that. And I know this podcast is, it's about the business of doing delivery. And I'm going to get around to that, I think. But I think that this fits into it, uh, mainly because I think life and business, they're really the same thing. But I know this is getting also a lot more personal than you probably expect. And I apologize if I'm making this too much about me, but I really also hope there's something very valuable in this for you. Now, yesterday, it was a very special time for our family. Uh, I've got to tell you, it's it's a large gathering. I mean, we've got a crazy big family. I mean, we put the Brady Bunch to shame. Folks, I've got five kids. My wife had five kids. So when we got married, and we actually had nine of those 10 kids still living in the house for a little while. And so that kind of puts the Brady Bunch to shame. You know what I mean? And... Um, so we ended up, though, with 15 people in our house, you know, between my wife still stayed with her dad, but, you know, all of her five kids and my five kids and my daughter's boyfriend and my son's wife and even my grandson now for the first time. And gosh, you know, there was a time we were pushing around two full grocery carts through the house. Uh, so fortunately now, most of these kids are, they've been launched. And so... Probably the fact that we're not buying food for 10 kids anymore, that's a lot to be thankful just in and of itself. But I tell you what, there's something just wonderful about just being able to have everybody together, and they were together, and and to be able to laugh. And even with what's going on and what we've been through, to still be able to laugh and still to be able to enjoy each other 
and to be thankful. And I wondered about how my wife's kids would do because that's their grandfather and they are so incredibly close to him. He's been such a part of shaping who they are. And, but you know, I think maybe, you know how I was talking about how football is so entwined in my life and their grandfather is a lot of what it is for them and continuing to have this celebration for them. It's, it's family, and and it just it meant so much to see the kids all kind of gathering around. They said, you know, my wife's usually the one that spearheads getting everything ready, and the kids kind of took that on, and they put it together, and they did it all, and and there was something incredible and beautiful about just watching it happen and seeing everybody able to be thankful, able to be together, and and able to enjoy being with each other. And that's such a blessing. And there was such incredible giving of thanks in spite of everything. And I know you're wondering, what's this got to do with delivery work, being an independent contractor, anything like that? There's a couple of things that I want to talk about that I just want to point out that I think really make a difference for us in what we do. And I really do hope it has some relevance to you. I know it does to me, and so that's why I'm hoping it does for you. Hopefully, this is valuable for you. But two things that I take away from all of this. One is that thankfulness has a way of centering us on our why. You know, you get a lot of people that, I mean, you can just tell as I talk about this, you know, how important my family is to me and getting that opportunity to just kind of step back and and appreciate those things that are so important to me. And you got a lot of people that, uh, you know, yesterday they went out and they drove. They went out and did deliveries on Thanksgiving. They hustled. They found a way to earn some money. And for some of them, I think it was probably a sacrifice. And they're out there working away. There are some of that are like me, where I was just like, I'm not even touching the podcast, not to mention I'm not doing deliveries because this is just that important of a day to me to focus on what the day is about. And you know what the thing about that is? Neither one of those is better. Neither one is the right approach. And ultimately, I think it comes down to the why. And you know, sometimes I think that why, why are you doing this? And that's something that is so strong for somebody that they're going to go out and deliver on Thanksgiving Day to make money to take care of their family. And and that's that's very deep and that's very powerful. Sometimes we don't know our why yet, you know? Sometimes we just exist. I probably all of us at some time or another we do. I know that I, I had some times where, to me, it was just existing. It was going on. It was just that day-to-day. But, folks, when you really know your why, when you really get to focus in and hone in on the stuff that really matters the most, and maybe that's why I'm so thankful for what I've been through and what I've seen happening, because it really has just reminded me of those things that really are so important. And And... That's when, whenever you do, though, is when you really start to hone in on that why, becomes so powerful. And it doesn't matter whether or not you're doing a nine-to-five job or you're doing a gig work or none of the above or all of the above. 
It's your why that drives you, and it's your why that motivates you. Your why can be the secret to success in in a far greater way than any of the strategies or the techniques that can mean so much more to you than anything that I've ever written in this blog or anything I've ever said in this podcast, because knowing your why and living your why is just that powerful. And if you've never focused on your why, folks, I really encourage you, dig into it. Dig it deep into what really, really matters and and really think about the stuff that you really want to see in life. Really understand your why. Really understand, you know, why are you doing this and why is that important? And why is that thing that's important so important to you? And just keep asking why as you dig deeper in that. And folks, I got to tell you, once you really hone in on just understanding your why and letting that be such a deep part of who you are, I can't tell you the kind of power that that adds to your life. You know, and here's the other thing. I, I wrote an article last week about how, you know, like the landscape is changing in delivery. And I'll put a link to it in the show notes and everything. But with delivery in the gig economy, just really kind of wondering how long it's going to last. You know, Grubhub is struggling a big way. And I think some of the other companies are going to have trouble getting the investment money that they need to keep doing things the way they're doing things. So there's going to be some big changes. I really think that there are. And that can be scary when you don't know what's going to happen with some of that stuff. But folks, here's the thing is that when you've got your why, when you're so centered on that, and when that really plays such a role in how you do things and why you do things, what you do, when that drives you, I think that can be the most important tool that you've got to help you navigate when those kinds of changes happen. Because whether those changes happen and whatever they are and if and when they do happen, those are things that fit into what you want to do and whether or not those kinds of changes fit into whatever it is you want to do and what, whether that fits into your why or whether it's time to move on. You know, when you know your why, that helps you decide, that helps you, that helps guide you, that helps you sometimes find the other opportunities. So take time and I think just think about the things, first of all, that you're really, really thankful for. What are the things that give you meaning? What are the things that just... you? don't want to do without. Because I think when you start to focus on that, it helps you dig a little deeper into your why. It helps you understand your why. And I think that helps centers you. And I think that gives you some power. So thankfulness helps us center on our why. But the second thing that I want to say is that thankfulness, it can help us take control. Now, I sent out a weekly newsletter every Monday. And this week's newsletter, it had the same title as this article, which is just, is it possible to be thankful, especially with the gig economy and everything like that? And somebody sent me an email back and it was very simple. It was very to the point, to the point. And I just, I really appreciated what they had to say though, because it was also very much from the heart. And it was just a simple line. It just said, no, it's not because the whole gig economy is dreadful and manipulative. You want to know something? I can't say she's wrong. I think she's dead on about the gig economy. I really do. Yeah, I I think I have to agree with her. I think it is is dreadful. It is manipulative. And I think there's a whole lot of words I could add to it. it. It is exploitative. And it is probably a lot of other words too. I think that there's a part of where 
maybe the idea of the gig economy was a good one because, and that's the stuff that I, I really celebrate, you know, the freedom it's the independence. It's the opportunity to kind of dip your toe into the entrepreneurial world, but within a structure that doesn't have some of the downfalls that happen when you're just trying to start a business from scratch. So, you know, you can do this and you don't have to risk losing thousands of dollars in investments if it doesn't work out. So I think there are some good things about it, but I also have to agree with who sent me that email that the gig economy as we know it, they hit the nail on the head. Because what I see is you've got entrepreneurs that are building these huge companies and they're doing it in a labor-intensive market but what they're doing is they're using loopholes that let them build it on the back of people that kind of want to have that freedom. And and they're doing it in a way that I think exploits people. I think that they frame it like a job opportunity, but then, oh, by the way, you're a business person. And so we don't have any responsibility to you. And when you look at it that way, man, everything that she says about the gig economy and the way they do things is so right. It is so dead on. And, and it, it's so wrong for some of the things and some of the ways that these companies do stuff and trying to kind of, I think, take advantage of that independence and that gig approach to try and get people to think like employees, but to not pay you like an employee. And the reason, though, that I say all of this is because this is the thing about Thanksgiving, that being thankful, it's not a Pollyanna kind of thing. It's not about being ignorant of those negatives. It's not about whitewashing it. Folks, there's a lot of crap out there. And whether it is the crap that some of these gig economies pull, or whether it's the kind of crap that is about watching two good, strong, vibrant men just reduced to sheer dependency and weakened in such an amazing, in a matter of weeks, guys, there's, there's a lot that sucks about life. And this is where I might differ a little bit though, with a conclusion on that email, because she just said, no, it's not. And I totally understand. I mean, I totally understand. And I, I, I agree with her reasons. There's all sorts of awful stuff out there in the world. But I think it's still possible to be thankful. And and in fact, I get to a point where I think it's really important to. Because here's what I feel about thankfulness. Thankfulness just shoves it in the face of all of the crap that is going on. Thankfulness is taking control. Thankfulness is saying, yes, you can come at me with whatever you've got but you cannot control how I feel. You cannot control my perspective and you cannot stop me from thriving. That is what thankfulness is. Thankfulness is taking the power to yourself. And these gig economies, they can do all the garbage that they want to do. And we still have the power to say, I can do this on my own terms. Now, it may be that the opportunities available through these companies, they no longer outweigh some of those negatives. And we've got the power to say, yeah, that doesn't work for me. But when you've centered on your why, when you decide to take control, when you decide to focus on your gratitude, you're going to find those other opportunities. I really believe that because in the end, Thanksgiving and gratitude, 
That's a choice that you're making when you're choosing to let the good things in life shape who you are, where you are choosing not to give power to those negatives. And Thanksgiving is very empowering. I just want to wrap this up with something that's in scriptures. Now, I understand you can, many of you are going to have some very different beliefs from me, and this isn't about trying to push any set of beliefs. This, though, it's more of a, an example in, in the scriptures that I think it's still a concept that is very universal. And it comes from something where the Apostle Paul had been writing, and he was telling people not to be anxious about anything. Well, here's the thing. You know, when you tell somebody, someone not to be anxious, I don't know about you, but my mind goes right away to, oh, what would I have to be anxious about? And it's like, oh, crap, now I'm anxious, you know? <laughs> Let me put it in another way. I'm a big guy, okay? I have, and this is, this is getting probably way too personal here, but, you know, I've got more than a few pounds to lose, and I love to ride my bike. So right now, I'm going to really challenge you. Do not, whatever you do, do not think about a six foot five, 300 pound guy wearing bike shorts. And whatever you do, do not think about that person and do not think about being stuck riding behind that person, that six foot five, 300 pound guy, and you're behind him and he's wearing bike shorts. And folks, I am so sorry about that image that I probably just stuck in your head, and I hope I can go away soon. But I think maybe, you know, the whole idea is maybe it painted a picture of kind of what happens when you lead with, well, don't focus on the negative, right? And whether it's me telling you not to dwell on the crap that these companies do, or if it's Paul telling you don't be anxious, you know, the thing about it is there's human nature is when you tell somebody not to think about something, it becomes very natural for us to think about that very thing, you know? But he doesn't just end it there. And this is what he says next. And this is the part that I think is about you being able to take control over all of this stuff. It's a very practical thing. But instead of trying to approach it with just saying don't, it's about taking control by focusing on what you can do. And this is what he says. He says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Take control, my friends. Yeah, all the stuff that's the opposite of what what it just talked about, that stuff's out there. And it's not that we ignore that stuff. But the whole point is that stuff also doesn't have to control us. You get to take the control. You get to decide what controls you. And thankfulness and gratitude and seeing the things that are excellent or praiseworthy, that's something you get to choose to do. Take control, my friends, and be thankful.